you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everybody, before your show, this is Alex Gelhar from the Fantasy Live Podcast telling you to check out our latest episode where we dive into the top headlines and injuries around the league and then preview the NFC West. What's up with David Johnson and the Cardinals wide receivers? Is Todd Gurley worth the top five pick? And more on the 49ers and Seahawks. We also welcome more members into the fan leagues. Check out the episode on NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Now enjoy the show. Hi and hello and welcome to the DDFP presented as always by McDonald's. Go get you some of those delicious chicken McNuggets. I ate 10 of them just the other day. That's greedy. I I can tell. I don't need that right out of the gate. I can tell you they're delicious. You hear Ike Taylor, handsome Hank is back from England. We'll speak in depth with both of them. All right, listen, we're we're, we're doing a show, please. Do 10 for like the day. All right, that's what I did. 10 for the day. No, you did 10 in 10 minutes. Well. My business is my own. Now, listen, let's get into the show here with the Andy Reid style. Hurry up, and then we'll say hello and uh, get to know our two old pals returning to Studio 66 after a few weeks away each. Let's start off with this. Tim Tebow now wants to play baseball. I guess the football dream is dead. Ike, do you hold out any hope for Tebow as a uh, a professional big leaguer? Tebow tripping. It's silly, (laughs) isn't it? Tebow tripping. They like you on TV. You got a great following far as like being a Christian and having church services and being a good speaker. Do all that, man. Handsome. Your Le- thoughts on this team? Leave, leave the sports alone. I would rather it just go away. Yeah, I agree. I just want him to – like I don't I, – I sure he's got some other nice things lined up, but sport – yeah, he's done. He was, he was he, – he, his college career – there are thousands, millions oh, of people who should who would be like – A whole lot of first-rounders. Right. 
But no, I'm saying he, <laughs> he his college career he should that was like that was incredible. It was amazing. He got he had his big moment. Time to move on. Do something new. A whole lot of first rounders. Mm-hmm. If you look at that team, his team had a whole lot right. of first rounders. A lot of first rounders. Oh I'm yeah, I, you know what? I've, I've we've talked about it so much. Oh. I've almost now turned the page from it. But of course, yeah, twenty four was out there against right. Debo and his one uh, big January victory. There. Man, that was probably the highlight of his career. In fact, had that one play not happened against the Steelers it secondary, go. it did. It happened. The Tebow story might have ended a little sooner than nah, it has. For ratings and for something for people to talk about, you say Tebow name, man. You t- Ike Taylor, you you were out there wearing uh, gold pants, a black hat, and a white jersey on that evening in in Denver. Did uh, did you feel like? Because the excuse I always make when people say, "Well, the, the the Steelers lost to Tebow," how humiliating! Right. Everybody, I mean, there were literally six guys injured in that game, right? Yeah, it was, but no excuses. Any any given Sunday, you know, any given Sunday. So that was like the highlight, I think. You ever talked to Demarius Thomas since then? And say that wasn't nice what you did with no, that stiff it, arm. It happens, man. I'm still I'm still sitting on two hardwares. You got three on your teleprompter right there mm-hmm. with the visual. I didn't gave you two of them. Mm-hmm. So Lombardis, you mean? Yeah, them Lombardi trophies. Man. What do you mean I have three? I have six. Well, fella. you got three rings sitting right here in the yeah. back of you to your right. Ike T has two rings. Damn, so, Shaq has six. It's all good. <laughs> I can I can talk about that play all day. That that doesn't matter. You can talk about that play oh, yeah. all day. It it happens. You know? It happens to the best of us. It who just, who was at fault there though? It wasn't you, was it? Um who should have made the play? I was I was on him, so I'm gonna say it was my fault. I know, but it was but it was at zero I coverage. Don't do I don't do that. Because what we talk about But it was somebody else. I know it was the same. Well we talk about the green room stays right. in the green room. So I can't I can't do that. I don't know if I like that. Don't, handsome. Man, don't you think you should tell us no, whose fault that was? I should be throwing people under a bus about <laughs> something that happened that long ago. Yeah. All right, next question. I thought, well, this was kind of throwing a guy under the bus. The man considered to be the fastest person in the history of human beings, Usain Bolt. I'm fascinated. Now that the Olympics are here, I want to revisit it. Ike, do you stand by your assertion that you could beat Usain Bolt in a 40? In a 40? Yeah. No, not now. Not now. In your prime. At your very fast. In my prime? Yeah. Yeah. But he's the fastest human being on the planet. I think in my prime. For the 40, yeah. Is that, though, is that just you being – Are you? is that you just puffing your chest out, or do you no, actually think I, that NFL players could beat him in a race because he has long legs? Chris Johnson in his prime in the 40? Yes. Um, how would that be? archery in explain, the 40? Explain how that could possibly happen. He's the fastest – I mean, his, he's the first. His he's entire life is based he, around sprinting. He's the fastest from sixty right. to hundred yards. That's where you win that race. You watch that race. Everyone comes it's, out. Yeah, it's Everyone a lot of guys. And then people. It's a lot of guys who get out on him, but then he start picking them up and putting them down, and they get nervous, <laughs> and they be like, "Oh, I feel him coming. I, I feel him coming." Like when he cut, or oh, then he go, "You know what? I shouldn't have got in this race." But Usain Bolt <laughs> would be able wouldn't be able to be, like Deion Sanders would beat him in his prime in the forty. Yeah, yeah. Bo Jackson in his prime in the forty. Yeah. And do you believe Mike this Wallace? Because I'm prime fascinated in the 40? by that. I you know in I the believe, forty. I believe over the forty because that's because it's different. You I, I absolutely just like I just said. so we got Coach Brooks Johnson who's one of the Olympic coaches at the Wild World of Sports and he have a lot of sprinters. That's mm-hmm. that's all he do train Olympic sprinters and. 
we'll be the rabbit, and they chase us. You got to get out in front of them, but it'll be just for 60 yards. So I got out a few times in the 40. But then that 60 to 100-yard range, like I'm telling you this because I went through it. You hear them. <laughs> like you, you, you hear them coming. And from 60 on, it's like, you know what? My engine already redlining at the 35 mark, right. yard mark. Mm-hmm. I know if I try to go the extra 60, 65, I'm going to blow my engine. So I'm just going to stick with the 40 because that's all I've been training for <laughs> exactly. with full speed is the 40. So, yeah, them guys I, I, train. And, it, and it's different, isn't it, when you're racing someone versus, you you know, you in the 40, you're making your own time. You you decide when you're going to start. You yeah. get set. You're not racing against someone, but, but yeah. That's, I mean, the bottom line is we, re- we really have blown it again by not having an Olympics here at the NFL media. It's in- on you. I, it's not on I me. I'm you, the, I'm I the idea you man. Entirely for this. I brought it up, and other people have to run. And with you know it. what? Four years from now, you're going to be more out of shape. There's no way that you can do that. A hard not. Well, that's true. I'm. It's already. It's gotten to Maybe grim can, degree already. This this pot belly. I, I I saw images of myself um, the other day, and I I, I really I, I shuddered at how at how, how obese I've become. Hey, Maybe why four you don't years do nothing from about now? It. I'm doing something. Hard knocks is back. Okay. Arizona Cardinals are back now. Ike, um, what is the song that you were made to sing as a rookie? Did you have to do that? Oh, uh, you picked whatever song you wanted to pick. And what, what did, did you, you pick? Uh, I forgot what I picked. What did I say? I, Cardinals? I think, I think I want to oh. say Boys to Men. Rams. Boys to Men. I think I did a Boys to Men song. End of the World? Or End of. Uh, I think I did a Boys to the Road. Men song. Something easy, everybody. Because once you start singing a, a song, everybody knows they start singing with you. Were you well received? Yeah, matter of fact. I went up the next day, and it was like, and I sung the whole song, but it was horrible because I have no voice. Mm-hmm. So they was like, you know what? We're not asking you anymore because you're volunteering yourself to come up. So just sit down. And I was like, cool. Handsome, which <laughs> song would you sing, Would you choose to sing? Uh, I would probably, one of my all-time favorite songs, I would sing I-K-E-T-A-Y-L-O-Octayla. <laughs> that one. Bone and Gretna. This one, this one. You guys Turn that it. off my favorite show. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at DaveDamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, again presented by McDonald's. And again, I'm not ashamed to say I had 10 McNuggets and they were delicious. All you- white meat, no preservatives, no flavors or artificial <laughs> stuff. That's right. Why you just don't do like two every two hours or something? I, that's not your business. Now listen, I'm asking, why not? I had to keep warm. I'm over the moon. Well, he keeps talking about his pot belly. And, yeah. You know, I'm a... I'm a I'm all like pop, like just. I think. Do you want to like do better for your shape? <laughs> I'd like to. Yes. Well, I so think, why you don't do it? Why don't you train Dave? I want to see this. I That'd just want to nice. see Dave for a week. For a week. One week. One week. And how long no, would it take to whip me 10. into shape, Ike? No, I don't know about shape. What type <laughs> of shape? You'll, you'll lose <laughs> ten <shape>? pounds <laughs> in a week. <laughs> I already am shaped like uh, Mr. Potato Head. I'm talking about like yeah, ten good pounds. Shape. That would be good. You'll, you'll I would you'll like lose ten pounds in a week if you. That's impossible. I'm telling you. 
I would lose ten pounds in a week. Do you want to? Do you want to lose ten pounds in a I'd week? I like to very. Okay, well then. So I can come up. I come up for one week. Yep. So from Monday to Friday. And he has to eat like you tell him. Oh no question. He has to see that's that's the whole like, thing. Yeah, I know that. His I eating know. habits are horrible. Are you gonna embed with me at my home? No. No, you're not going to do that. I didn't know what it would require. If it's intensive training, I don't know what it – I, I can sleep on the couch. Okay. No, I need to see what you're doing. I need to see what you're doing at the house. Because you know what he's going to do. He's going to – Cookies, donuts. Cookies, exactly. Hey, Go listen. one under the pillow. I don't want to get bogged down with any sort of negative talk. These are high times in which we live. We told you a few weeks ago, Handsome Hank got a fancy new gig, promotion. Now international football Ooh. is his bi- – Handsome Hank is working on uh, – uh, on that, in fact, congratulations. Why don't we say hello to him properly? It's been far too long since uh, he shadowed the door. It is uh, our resident Miami Dolphins fan, na- fan now back from London, England, here to kibitz about all things pigskin. It's handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hello, handsome. How was the trip? I had a nice time, thank you. I went back to the UK. Yeah. Went, went to France. I got to know say. that, man. How do you say France? France. 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 I would say, but you guys. Yeah, you know that man use all the syllables and sell the vowels. I like, I, I love going to France, and I, I love, did you get some moule frites? Is that how you I say that? I didn't get uh, moule frites. No. Moule frites. I love that. Mm. Um, good for you to get back. That's a great uh, annual fun. journey nice you take. Time. And now uh, on to uh, bigger and better back here at the NFL. And speaking of uh, bigger and better, why is that? Well, actually, you're, he's smaller than you, handsome Hank. He's bigger and better than you, though. Yes, that's – well, no, he's not bigger than me. That's for sure. I'm not bigger than him. Definitely better. Taller than him. Definitely yeah, that's, better. That's better true. looking. Here he is back in the fold after his journeys across not just football America, but the, the football planet. Here he is, Ike Taylor, everybody. Yeah. This is my song. <laughs> and you think it's funny. I love it. <laughs> Y'all see what I got to deal with? I Let me tell you something. I feel like I feel like you're getting to be a little bit of a prima donna now in year two here at the NFL. We've given you two songs, and neither one of them is now trying for you. I think that's the message: is keep trying. There you go. All right. Well, listen. At some point, maybe you have to get on the mic and make your own intro song if you if you're so uh, dissatisfied with what we're cooking up for you. I can do that. But since the guy spent so much time doing it, I'm going to respect. I'm going to put some respect in front of his name. Very nice. The great Dick <laughs> Banks cooked that one up. And uh, I do want to tell you, this weekend we went out to the Coliseum. The Rams are back, if you haven't heard, in Los in Angeles. LA. Yes, Akbar, Bajabia, Miller, and I went on what was surprisingly I – did, I just didn't anticipate this. He, we went through, you know, South Central is very close to the Coliseum. And Akbar happens to live there, and he said, "Let's go by my place, where you know where I grew up and now still live." Do you know Akbar grew up in South Central, then went off, played in the NFL, and now is a big TV star, American Ninja Warrior, and all that kind of stuff. Then went back and moved back into that neighborhood. I think there's something uh, lovely you moved about back. that. I know yeah. he moved. Same house. 
Same house. Same Wait, same house that he no. His Wait, childhood home. He said he's moving He bought now. his childhood home. I, I, I think it's always been in the family. I think That's his father cool. owned it, but where he, you know, his father, Kabir, Baja Biamila, who NFL fans probably remember as a great uh, sack his master. Brother. What did I say? His brother? Yeah, his yeah. brother, I meant to say. So Sorry. His father, you meant his brother. Um, we, yeah, we played, uh, we, we, we played ball right in the middle of the street, just like he and his brothers used to do when they were growing up. We had did a catch out you? there. He, he no, there was no. no he was, sacked him last year. There was, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that's uh, that's Akbar's fourth career sack, I think. Oh yeah, yeah and by the way, then we uh, yeah, so we we did that, and that was really fun. And we, like I say, we had a catch, and we talked about it. So, have you ever been there, handsome South Central? I've driven through on my way to places. Ways will take you through there. I had no expectation. I feel like a naive white person that, you know, that I just thought like, well, that's not a place that you go, that that, that might be dangerous. And instead it was, it was like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know what. It's it, leafy. It, it, it was, it was lovely yeah. community with people. Like it was really like uh, Mr. Rogers going down the street, except it was Akbar. People were like, Hey Akbar. And he's like, Hey, Mr. Brown. Good to see you. You know, like that. It was, it was uh, Mayberry. That's what I'm. What were you expecting? I did. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was like, Hey, you know, be careful around here. Watch what you say. <laughs> that, well, listen, I, I, I didn't, I haven't You've had been any watching up- too many movies. Yeah. Well, that was what wasn't that Ike? Have you been to South Central? Yes, I have. Yeah, did, and did you? That's think, right in my alley, on the other side of the track. Got yeah, it on the other side. We were literally two blocks from uh, from yeah. where Boys in the Hood was filmed. With Crenshaw, where they're doing all the cars, uh, you know, are all jacked up at night, where the where the blood comes uh, out and shoots the gun, and everybody runs away, and everything. That was right around the corner from where we were. Right, but you wasn't around that corner. You stayed on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, listen. I think I'm pretty sure I made history. I have to be the first Jew who ever went out for a pass on Second uh, Avenue. And that's Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, it was it. But it was uh, that was really cool. And we're gonna have a video of that and more from our journey. We went then to the Coliseum, and we got the kibitz with Jared Goff. I assume, and not necessarily, but I assume will be the starter in time for the regular season. Here's a quick sound bite of that. How important it is is it to you? that the first game, the first regular season game, is up in the Bay Area. Does that matter to you? Do you want that start? I mean, it, it does hold a little bit of significance to me because of I'm from there, and I'll probably have 100, 200, 300 people there that I know. But, um, you know, really I just want to win the game, whatever it may be. Um, you want to go up there, and uh, they're an in-conference rival, and we want to beat them and want to win the game and start off 1-0. He's a golden boy. And as far as that goes, uh, I mean, he's a handsome devil and, and all that. Ike, what was that like? So you're a rookie the year after Roethlisberger's rookie year. I mean, the year before sure. Ro- Ro- Roethlisberger comes in. I didn't get a chance because we were uh, short on time with golf. But one thing that is fascinating to me is if you're a 22-year-old, no matter how much swagger you get from being the leading man in college, right. when you go into an NFL locker room for the first time, is everybody looking – at Roethlisberger, are all the Rams the, a couple of weeks ago when Goff walks in there, are they watching how he comports himself? And is it important that did Roethlisberger walk in with a swagger, like, I'm here to save the day, fellas? Or, or what is the the appropriate way to walk into the room if you're a rook? BR7 came into the building like, what we doing? And meaning like, what we doing? Like, let's get the show started. Mm-hmm. And meaning let's get the show started. Like, So swagger. Man, his swag, when BR7 walked into the building, man, it was like, you know how they got me. 
did people like that, or did players say like, "Hey, man, you're a rook. Settle down. We got Tommy nah, Maddox." It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the. I'm here to take Tommy Maddox's job right now. Is. Hey, I got a good defense. I'm gonna need a little bit of help. I got a running game. I'm gonna lean to my strengths. I'm gonna get better during time, but. Hey, yeah, what are we doing? Let's do you do feel ball. from Tommy Maddox's locker, does he look across at uh, Roethlisberger and say, like, this guy thinks he's taking my job, no. but I got nobody – nobody. It, you're it not observing that kind of heat? No, you you don't see that kind of heat. You got to understand, man, BR7, what pick was he? He was early, top 15 pick, in the, I think the 12th pick for Sounds us. Sounds about right, 11, 12, you know, 11 to 12 range, in yeah. the first round, so BR7 – Tommy didn't have to just look over. Like, he knew what time it was. Like, all right, my clock is ticking. Think about that, by the way, Handsome, that uh, that Roethlisberger was, whether it was 11, 12, 13, that, that there were that many guys off the board before Roethlisberger was taken. Philip, Eli. Philip and Eli, exactly. Eli goes one, and then yeah. they, fl- they, they do the whole flip there. Handsome, I you know, this question came up um, a week or two ago. I ask you now, is it time for us to begin – asking whether that trio, the Ot4 QB trio, is in fact on par with your beloved 1983 best trio, which would include your guy Marino, Marino Elway, Kelly. and Jim Kelly would yeah. be the top three there. Do we have to – Do we? Ha- is it now time that we have to actually consider this? I don't think they are. No. I think that um, Ben's the best of the three, but where does he come in? If you were stacking him up in that mm-hmm. Elway, Marino, Kelly class, where do we think he would he would rank in that list? Things will look a oh. lot different if Roethlisberger gets one more ring. I think he'll vault for a lot of people. I yeah, know yeah. that's hard to believe now, but if he gets – well, let's say the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year. Right. Roethlisberger will then, in a lot of people's minds, vault Elway and Marino. Of, of those three right now, Ben's a Hall of Famer, I would say, already. Yeah. I don't, I don't, think, but I don't think Eli or Rivers. I can't is. believe the conversation that Eli isn't a Hall of Famer. The standard that Rod Woodson first uh, hipped me to, and it sounds like voters and players all sort of abide by this, which is: was he ever in the? Was he ever the best at his position? Was he ever top two or three at his position in a given year? I don't know about that with Eli, but his numbers are are beyond reproach in my book, and he has those two rings to well, boot. His numbers are beyond reproach. He's he he's eleventh all time in yards. He's going to by the end of this year, he's going to be that's, seventh. That's the day and age, as opposed to. I mean, his. If you're talking about numbers, and again, like I don't think that we can put. I don't think there's one single stat that you could look at. But his career wins. He, he's he. I think he's he barely has a winning record. I, I, well, I'm not positive about that. I did just look at this, that. Roethlisberger's 10th all-time in wins, and he's right. just going into his 13th year. He's going to move way up that. I don't there's any uh, argument with Ben. This is what you got to understand about Eli. He's at his best during playoff yeah. time. So from a fan or player perspective, yeah, during a regular season, it's not going to look that good. Uh, statistically, He's going to throw a lot of interceptions. He's going to have some yards. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw a lot of interceptions. I mean, other than playing for a long time like Brett Favre, what's up with the touchdown interception ratio? So tell All right, me, he's, uh, yeah, he's a pick. Yeah. He's been a pick guy. That's for yeah. sure. I don't think that that makes. I, I think. Tell me, tell me, other than Super Bowls, right. How would you not consider Eli for the Hall of Fame whenever he retires? How if, would I not? If you look at Brett Favre's. Mm-hmm. Stats, interceptions. But Brett, but Brett Favre had the – I mean, his career was so long 
and then he had that Iron Man streak, which counts for a big thing for the fans and for the for those Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm talking about QB stats, Super Bowl rings. But that's not everything that goes into making for a quarterback. Hall of Fame. For for a quarterback, I I mean I I, I feel for, like I feel for like a quarterback. the two ring thing does matter, and people will cite Jim Plunkett as a guy who didn't get his, but he's got. He's got numbers. That, I mean, he's got raw numbers that are impressive. I I get the Eli generational. Yeah, two, two outstanding, outstanding postseason runs. But if you took those away, if one if if one of those had not who resulted did, who, in this, Eli, who, who did he beat? He beat the Patriots twice. I and think, he had and he had great. But the Patriots, but the Giants' defense beat. Uh, oh. I mean, out, outside of that, outside of that great catch. All I'm saying is, if he if they hadn't won one of those games, let's right. say the Patriots go undefeated that season and win that, is it is it such a no? I, I no, I, I, I but I I can't, I, I can't say that because they did they did win. So hypothetically speaking, I can't say that. Just human beings, the voters, the voting, the people who vote for who gets a gold jacket are human beings, and whether or not they would like to remove the fact that they're humans, they saw those, and those are iconic moments when you yes. vanquish. The undefeated Patriots that it. registers. It's Lynn Swans in the Hall of Fame, not because of his numbers. He happened to rise up in pivotal moments in of, of big and, make, moments. and people can't disassociate those things. It's I, why you know what, what I I just talked to Heinz Ward, your old pal, like on his uh, on his new podcast, and we talked about you, and I tattled on you for saying that he's a crybaby, and he admitted it. He said, "I'm not going to apologize for." <laughs> for wearing it on my sleeve, <laughs> right. and I was disappointed that he didn't get upset because right. that would have been great right. if I would have had Heinz Ward and Ike Taylor mad at each other. That would have right. made me laugh. But <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we th- I, I said, you're going to the hall because whether it's fair or not, John Madden going on and on every time, like, like, that's a football player right there because he blocks sometimes is why he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. It may not be fair, but that's reality. Hey, don't get it twisted. Yeah, 85 touchdowns. I know he's great. I'm just saying that that kind of stuff – does register in somewhere in the brain of the right. voter, and they're going to yes. mark him down. I would put Phil Rivers ahead of. Eli. Would you? Do you and, think? And he doesn't have the rings. So you're going. You're going. You're going. Dan Marino, me. I don't, I, Dan Marino is a different club. Dan Marino was outside. Again, forget about rings. Forget about all that stuff. Dan Marino was obviously better than everyone. He had a super duper at throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah, super duper. You yeah, Mark super Clayton. Duper? Yeah, of course I did. Mark Clayton. Yeah. Who was his running backs? Um, well, a lot of them. He had uh, he had Woody Bennett. He mm-hmm. had uh, Mark Higgs. He Larry had Bernie Palmley. He had Larry. <laughs> Larry's uncle wasn't there at the same time as him. No, was no. Yeah, he didn't have Zonk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I, would I can, win? That was a side question, and then we'll move on to more current stuff. But I can't help myself. Somebody tweeted this question to me: Who would win if all the NFL teams could take any player in their pro- could take anybody who's been on their roster in his best year on that team? If you could put, if you could field that hypothetical team, who would win that super of all Super Bowls? Wait, I don't know what you one all time roster. So oh, the I Steelers, see. as a for instance, would have Mel Blunt, um, Rod Woodson, and Ike Taylor as their three right. cornerbacks because we're, tip- we're we're taking the very best, the very NFL best history. of maybe uh, Chad Scott. I don't. Maybe twenty four is going to have to beat out uh, Chad Scott. To bro, I'm, I'm already, I'm already in that. You can't. You're in now. You can't hit me with he's the on, He's on the team. You can't. You can't. You can't do me. What about Willie Williams? What if I go Willie over over Ike? Is that going to be upsetting for you? You got to go Ike. I do. You do got to go Ike. I mean, <laughs> mostly because he's sitting here. Convince he's me that time, you belong on my hypothetical team. Because because one we had we had better stats statistically for like three years 
number one pass defense. Number one pass defense. Yeah. Let alone rush defense. I know. I give a lot of that credit, though, to James Harrison and Kiesel and Aaron oh. Smith. I just think, like, you benefited from the – Okay, so what about when it didn't lead <laughs> the league? What are you doing, Dave? <laughs> I don't get it. So what about – Of course, it, I said you're in the you're in the, the secondary. Who wins that game, handsome? Man? I don't know. This, well, this seems like not something that we can just have a two-minute discussion about. I think it's, it's fun like to like think a, about. The Dolphins I would be awfully good. Imagine you take your early 70s Dolphins, then yep. you throw Marino into the mix, yep. and then Dominic and Sue. That'd be I mean, pretty I, good. You know, I think the Steelers would have, you'd have a hard time beating I think the Steelers. The Steelers How many good. guys they got in the uh, Hall of Fame? 13? I don't know. They don't have the most, though. How not? I, I don't know. People forget number. Tony Dungy played with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Oh, at 21. Yeah, I remember him. I they saw him play, that. actually. Yeah. yeah, they forget that. Yep. Yeah, he was back there with, uh, well, with Donnie Shell for yeah. one. That's why Donnie Shell introduced him. Um, yeah, I think all three of those guys go to the Hall of Fame. I think it's an intriguing discussion, though, at this point. That I think maybe I that think odd four trio might – Ultimately, at least, they already have more Super Bowl rings. They have right. four to the two that John Elway got in the twilight of his career. Moving on, though, uh, Hall of Fame game. What? Oh, yeah. Here we go, guys. What happened? Yo. It's time for the game show? That it is. Once again, time for our random surprise Kim Brown game show here. Handsome, how do you think the show's going so far? I think it's good. Is it too all over the place for you? No, no, I like it. I was okay. excited to talk some football, but here we go. Ike, are, do you feel the show's going all right so far? I felt like we had a good momentum going. Then I know. We were interrupted. Ryan Bart- Bartlett decided it was yeah, time for Ryan, a, a, RB, a game show. RB that guy's a jerk. He's like, like, he's, like the girl, he's like the guy who leans in for the kiss with the girl. At he's the, got the same sense of moment. It's no wonder, then, that he's a Chiefs fan. He's got the same sense of timing that Andy Reid has. Well right. done, sir. Go ahead. Thank you. Wow. Thank Good you. clock management. So after <laughs> that huge buildup here, we can start the game show. Oh, because it was coming out. <laughs> out at it. Yeah. Yep, it's out there now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we mentioned we're going to be at Rams Camp Thursday, special DDFP. One player we oh, watched we, out there. Okay, but we did we did kibitz with Maurice Jones-Drew, and that's the next thing we talk about is uh, – his uh, his big upgrade yeah. in career. But, all right, go ahead, please, Bartlett. Okay, so one of the players we watched out there who a lot will be watching this year, Todd Gurley, as a rookie last year, rushed for 10 touchdowns. So we're going to look at a little uh, – that's what our random game show is about today. We're going to look at NFL history, rookie running backs with 10 or more rushing touchdowns in their first season. What? Ten are, touchdowns in a rookie season? There are that 40 seems... more other than Gurley. What? 40! I can't believe that. Believe it. I'm positively oh stunned by that. Right. And plus, a lot of guys only play 12 games or 14 games. You so played 13. Ike, I'm going to let you start. Which ain't bad. 10? I'm saying Emmitt Smith, just because. Oh. Emmitt Smith is correct. Adrian Peterson. That's a good one. Eric Dickerson had to do it. No, don't. Oh, if I got out on the first <laughs> one, that would be humiliating. Ike, it's to you. Back to Bo Jackson? Hmm, that's an interesting one because he didn't play a full season. Ah, oh, done already. Handsome. It's you and me. Uh, I think Ladanian Tomlinson did it. LT? I am going to go with Billy Sims of the Detroit Lions. It's pretty legit. Uh, I know that Barry Sanders did it. I knew, the only reason I almost didn't say Billy Sims is because I knew you would follow up with right. the guy who wore his 20, his uh, Hawaii blue 20. 
I'm going to go with 1972 rookie, um, really one of the, the key figures uh, who put on that black and golden thing and the team never looked back, a man named Franco Harris. Um, mm -hmm. I think Tony Dorsett, uh, yeah, sure, Tony Dorsett sure. did it. Sure he would have. <laughs> I'm going to go with O.J. Anderson. Hmm, that's a good one. I thought of that when I thought when uh, when Tony Dorsett. Oh, oh! that's the victory. Yeah. Boo! I, I, that's the way to. That's why I said it was show. a good one because there had to have been better ones. How about Walter Payton? Here I got Marcus two for Allen. you. Marcus Allen, Marcus Allen, George Rogers. Yep, had a good. Yeah, both a, of them were on there. Thank also, you. Did Ricky Williams have ten? Ricky, Ricky, sticky Ricky. I might. Uh, no, no Ricky Williams. He might have been hurt. Because. I can't believe Hank forgot Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Wait a second. What about Maurice Jones-Drew? Jones, MJD was on there, too. Oh, <laughs> we're talking about Maurice jones -Drew. Even at 13, his rookie season. That's crazy. That's well, why didn't you say Maurice Jones-Drew then, Ike? Why didn't you say it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. But let's talk about uh, our pal. <laughs> now, great news for him uh, that uh, was made public a couple of days ago. He's going to be the radio analyst for the L.A. Rams in 2016. Ike, your thoughts? Tuh. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it's, it's quite a thing. Yeah, yeah, very pleased for him. It was great to see him out there on the sidelines. And, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's like a different guy now. You know, I, I kibitzed with him for a, for a moment on the DDFP, and you'll see that on Thursday. And he comported himself like an analyst. Like, well, let me tell you about what I think the Rams are going to do, Dave. Did, in he, did, he, did he pull himself? Like, what happened? His... What, what happened to Maurice, man? What, what, yeah. Did he pull himself up to his full five foot six? <laughs> he's, he's, he's growing as a person and as an analyst. So it's well, he's definitely growing as a person. I think I know what you're, <laughs> what you're getting at there. Not in height, but no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, growing. Yeah, out a little bit. Oh, wow. kind of like Dave. Did you not put him on the Ike plan like you're going to do? He was on it. He was on it, and then he got off it. He, off switch. Right. What should Maurice – can we give him some uh, catchphrases that he needs to use? We'll, we'll have to meet with him and uh, counsel him yeah. in front of the season, but we'll have to – Wouldn't up. it be cool if this was the start of Maurice and then he wound up being like one of those guys who, aged 85, is still calling Rams games? Yeah. Like really old Maurice. Well, that, that, might that, could happen, his, right? that might be his journey, or perhaps he won't stop until when Chris Collinsworth hangs it up, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew takes over in the yeah. booth. How about I that? See that? We got to – we should give him some good, uh, cat, like I say, though. Like we, we, we'll, we'll have to yeah. cook up some stuff for like when Gurley scores, things he says every yep. time. Yeah, this will help distinguish him from, from his uh, new peer group there. In the meantime, Mike, I'm curious about this. About a year ago in Studio 66, we sat here. You told us about camp eyes. And, I, I you know, I, I was unaware of the syndrome that afflicts many a football player around this time of year. Camp eyes is uh, that the lunch lady – you know, at the cafeteria, suddenly you, you, you look at her three weeks in. You've been working hard, you know. You're out in some random little town in the middle of nowhere. Wow, I never noticed how lovely she was. Ooh, boys get to talking. <laughs> you know, that, that training camp, man, you around all your teammates. No females around, uh -huh. no nothing. And sh you keep going to the cafeteria. You see the parking lot lady and things you <laughs> wouldn't normally say. Are you doing something that's, different with your hair? That's, you, you, you see everything. Like, you dyed your hair. <laughs> well, what do you know? And it looks good. Like Hi, I'm Mike them. Taylor. 
<laughs> hey, nice to meet you. So you pay attention. You're very detailed. Yes, I am. And I see the different color in your fingernails. I like it. What that is, satin blue? <laughs> you just, I mean, man, you in camp, man. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. A bit man, like I that think. prison mentality. It's hard. So, you yeah. know, usually somebody you really wouldn't talk to out on an everyday basis, give them a chance. Yeah. You give them a chance. It's, it's In a way, satin. everyone wins from this, right? It's a win-win situation yeah. for It's a great everybody. story yeah. for her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you know I – Do here, but do you know I – Do you know I – You know I, Taylor? He he asked – He correctly identified that this yeah. is satin blue satin I'm blue. wearing on my – No question. Yeah. Anyway, tomorrow I'm going to try him out with my new emerald green. If I uh, if I remember correctly, my favorite line in that discussion, Nate Burleson was also with us. He said about three weeks in, the the syndrome hits the uh, the um, camp a, eyes, and, and Ike said, about a week. three weeks? Try three days, sure. is what Ike said. <laughs> now I want to know about this. So what is the hierarchy? I assume, like anywhere else in, in our society, you're a veteran, mm-hmm. and rookies start rolling through there. And guys who are fighting and scratching and clawing to try and get onto the team. What is the dynamic? Is it basically like high school where they're clicks and like we're the we're the cool kids and you have to earn do you do you wait out some free agents? Like, no, 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 you don't get to come over here and talk to us, Rook, or a free agent guy. Co- Coach Tomlin does a great job of telling guys don't be the cool kid. Like we it was hmm. it, it was me. And I was the cool kid at first. So when I came in, it was Peasy, a.k.a. Joy Porter, James Ferrier, Deuce Staley, Jerome Bettis, uh, Casey Hampton, Chris Hope, Deshae Townsend. So, Ooh, I forgot Deshae Townsend from the all-time Steelers secondary. Yeah, as a, as, a, as a rookie, <laughs> as a rookie, I, I came in like, oh, yeah, I'm about to hang out with these guys. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was Coach Cowell who was the head coach. But I – I fit in. Like they don't. Just, none of them say, "What are you doing? Nope, Who are you, fella?" He's one of us because they felt like that. So talking crazy, not backing down from nobody, taking all challenges. Like, okay, we're gonna. Okay, this is mini camp. We're gonna see what he's doing mini camp. Okay, this OTAs. We're gonna see what he's doing OTAs. He's talking all this smack, but we're gonna see what he's about in training camp. Everything been consistent. So it's like, okay, let's get to the preseason games. Let's see what he's doing in the preseason games. Now they let me in a circle, way way ahead, way before time, which is kind of rare. And you had those cornrows at the time. Had the cornrows, wilding, fighting anybody. Uh huh. If you looked at me wrong, was fighting. If I didn't know you, was fighting. Well, that's how, that's like going into prison. That's how you earned respect. Right. So just just and you I chose somebody. Did you choose somebody out? I'm going to teach this guy a lesson and and uh, it didn't matter. thereby it, earn the respect of the rest of the if team. You were this tall, if you were that tall, everybody, anybody got it. Anybody. Is there sort of like in the U.S. military, or at least in movies, you often see depicted the Marines getting into a fight with the Army or whatever, the Air Force fights the the Navy guys or whatever. Is there a thing in an NFL locker room, at least in training camp time, is there a rivalry between the offense and defense? Yeah, and, and, and that's what Coach wants on the field. Off the field? No. But do you mix it all? I imagine that you probably, because of your position group meetings and so on, that you're not probably spending a ton of time with the offensive players. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, is that right? Man, for training camp, for Pittsburgh, 
guys will have two screen TVs like this size right here, mm -hmm. and you put them behind each other. So we'll play Call of Duty tournaments. We'll have FIFA tournaments. We'll have Madden tournaments. But these for, like, the veteran guys. You know what I'm saying? So offense or defense, it didn't matter. Because whether you played offense or defense, if you got eight years in, you didn't put in the work. Yeah, but are you allowed to go up and say, Rook, you're out. I'm, I'm playing FIFA now. Beat it. No, nah, the rookies don't play. Oh, that's what, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Rookie, like the, rookie, the hierarchy. Go, go upstairs, go to sleep. <laughs> How do you think Dave would do going into an, yeah, that's a locker room? Super nervous. <laughs> I'd be no, – no, I wouldn't be nervous. He, 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 for, for one, he would want to fit in right now. Yeah, he would. What are you talking I mean, about? I comport myself the feelings, same no matter what the circumstance. His feelings would be very hurt if people no didn't question. accept him straight away. That's hey, true. Dave. Go upstairs, go to sleep. Why? Why? Why me? He, he's what the white guy. Why? <laughs> then he get to acting like his son. Why? Why? What? What? Because you haven't made the team yet. I don't right. know if I'm gonna see you right. in week one. Well, that's what I'm asking. So, you. what so advice? What so advice? Would some guys get that kind going, of trouble as a rookie going into the going. In, how would he? How would he need to change how he comports himself? Oh, walk light. And what yeah. you? What we mean by walking light is stay to yourself. No, no, no. That's, that's 180 degrees from what I would do. I would walk in, and I would walk in and say, "Who who's ready to win? That's what that would be my thing. And uh, Who wants a win? Get on board. They will politely tell you, walk out. <laughs> that would be polite. Ike would fight you. That would no, be I wouldn't. He wouldn't bother. I wouldn't. But, yeah, you just – it's a certain way you conduct yourself, one, as a veteran, two, as a rookie. Like, out of all this smack I'm talking, I still didn't say too much. I didn't really start talking to our got cool with Mr. Dan Rooney. Like, when him and I gained that relationship, he was like, hey, you can start opening up a little bit more. And I was like, okay. But as far as, like, me talking and going through all this adversity and fighting and all that, like, I still was kind of shy. I can't – well, I, I mean, legitimately, and I say to, to turn it back to Jared Goff and your experience when Roethlisberger walks in for the first time – but, that, you know, because that's a different position. You're supposed to be the leader of, at minimum, the offense, if not the entire team. To be 22 and to walk into a room of guys who are, you know, might fight you, some nasty guys Casey in that Gildan, room. Kitchen I can't imagine. You, you say I'd be nervous. I, I would imagine anybody walking into that right. room is is shaking a little bit. You know, I, I just thought about and it's your upbringing and what you've been through. First of all, you got to understand, like, I got drafted in the fourth round playing one year. And that meant a lot. And I had to go through a lot of adversity. I played hurt a lot. In one year, I played hurt through a lot of games. So, and then just coming up from New Orleans, man, just, you know, we had something called eye contact. Eye contact, get your natural beef. Like <laughs> It really like, is like the yeah. same rules that apply. Handsome and I are both watching the yeah. night of on HBO. Yeah, it really does sound you. like the same. If I ain't know you, if I ain't know you, like we, 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 we fighting, we fighting on site. And then <laughs> Why would you fight a stranger shake, like shake, that? Shake, hands, what, cause, cause like, what you looking at? What you looking at? Well, what you want to do? Well, what you want to do? And then you just go in the fight. blender. Let's fight. I would cry. We, we just go in the blender. We call it going in the blender. You go in the blender and you mix it up. You know what? I take it back, handsome. Usually your pot shots are, are, aren't are that funny because there's no truth in them, but this one is true. I would be very scared. <laughs> I would too. I'm I would not, do very poorly. I once went on – I, I was doing something with the Chargers. I can't, I'm trying to – I was – when we were thinking about – while we were talking about this, I'm trying to think of – there was a big defensive tackle who played for the Chargers sort of, I don't know, five years ago. He then went on to the Broncos. Remember his name? I can't remember. Anyway. Tackle? Bert Grossman? No. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, we – I. 
I was there on a Saturday and they finished their practice. I was I did some interviews and I was waiting for someone to who to finish working out and he was sitting on a couch in the locker room watching college football. So I was like, I'll come sit down here as well. And I was sitting and we were making some you know, like minor conversation. And he said, so you made the team then? I was like, I haven't, no, I'm, and he's like, I, I said, I know, I'm just waiting for something. He's like, what are you doing in here? And he kicked me out of the locker room. He's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. Get off my couch and get out of this room. And that would, but, and I was like, okay, right. That's, that's probably what I've, my, I've my been, life would be like. I've been spoken to, the, room. Uh, to, to in that manner quite a bit in my journeys around NFL yeah. locker rooms. They, they, it's not a game. That's they a, that's a, that's a sanctuary. They, yeah. Like, they, yeah. they do not take that when lightly. You come into the locker room, man. You come into our sanctuary. So. Yeah, yeah. Other than the guys who actually are putting the work in, if you're waiting on somebody or if you don't have that invite or it's like telling the head guy on the block, hey, such and such coming, put the word out, you're going to let such and such in the locker room. Okay, cool. But if you don't get the invite or if the word ain't out. Oh, yeah, I'd been room. let in the locker room. I was just told to get out after yeah. I'd been let in. Yeah, that's, that's how it is, man. It's a sacred place. Um, now RG3 has been anointed, at least for the time being, the starter of the Cleveland Browns. The great rookie season, of course, apparently by all reports, the arm talent is still there. I don't think anybody ever questioned that. Whether or not he can thrive, though, is the issue. I have some thoughts about this, but Ike, I start with you. Is there any reason to think, for whatever the factor, whether it's Hugh Jackson, uh, you know, a new a new start, whatever. Is there any reason to think RG3 succeeds in 2016? Yes, I do. And here's why I think RG3 will succeed. He's back in Baylor. Just like we said, A.J. McLaren was back in Alabama with the weapons he had. Not the caliber of weapons, just the environment he had with the running game, pretty good defense, a tight end, and a stud receiver. Same way with RG3. Coleman, mm-hmm. first-round draft pick with yep. Baylor. Josh Gordon, when he comes back. Well, he's fat now. Uh, Josh Gordon. He needs to get on the Ike uh, training program. Josh Gordon. He he still got eight weeks because he's going to be out a few. No, four. Yeah, right. He's got total. eight weeks right, to, the, get, to get right. You can lose 10 pounds in a week. Yeah. Ike plan. Josh Gordon's so, fine. So, Josh Gordon, who quietly, if he didn't get suspended, we can mention him. In mm-hmm. front of a lot of people, or yep. up there with yep. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Good running game. And by the way, I got the quarterback whisperer as my head coach in Hugh Jackson. And he's only he's going to only going to ask you to play Hugh, quarterback because Hugh wanted AJ, and Coach Maul was like, "No, I'm not giving you AJ." Well, you know what? I'm gonna get RG three, and I'm gonna try my best to help Josh Gordon get back, and I'm going on draft me another Baylor receiver in Coleman. So you look at RG three. And the way I'm looking at it, man, this going to simplify what, he, what Coach Hugh Jackson is going to do. He's going to make that offense just the way they made the offense for Cam when Cal, Calvin Benjamin mm-hmm. went down. Same concept. Let me go back to Auburn and see what, what he did at Auburn, how successful he did at Auburn. That's the kind of coordinators you like, coordinators who can adjust to their guys, not, no, this is what we're going to do. I know you can't do it, but I'm going to make you do it. No. What is RG3 strengths? Got a strong arm, quick release, not too good dropping back in the pocket. I can keep him in the shotgun. If he needs to sit in the pocket, he's going to sit in the pocket to hand the ball off to these running backs. But he got two outside receivers, a young guy. But if Josh Gordon, which I think gets his mind right because he's been in enough trouble 
and this is his last shot. Mm-hmm. And Josh, if I'm Josh Gordon, I'm looking at it like, man, I got an opportunity to be set for life. I messed this up, man. I can't, I can't get fifty million somewhere else. I can't get fifty million working a nine to five. So I might as well just keep my job, keep a level head. And he said he was selfish, which is a start. Josh Gordon said he was selfish. So for me, I'm like, you know what? I hope he get it. But the way he's talking, that's a good thing. He's committing to himself and his team like, I messed up. I do like, I can't assess the quality of the offensive line, but I do like, especially if Josh Gordon can turn the corner, Duke Johnson, there's reason to be excited about him. I don't know what's going on with Crowell. Corey Coleman, Gary Barnage, let's not forget, had a very good 2015. The pieces are there. Handsome. How say you on RG3? I agree with Ike. I think the I think the biggest difference, I think RG3 came into the league, and because everyone was so wowed by how fast he ran a 40, they wanted the, the Redskins tried to turn him into a running quarterback, which wasn't what he really did at Baylor. He, yeah, when he had the opportunities to run, when things broke down, he was obviously elusive. But the Redskins tried to build an offense around him running the ball, and he, it was obvious to us pretty much into his rookie se- into his rookie season, as good as that was, that he was never going to hold up doing that. And so I think and that's that, a great point. I, he really he, didn't. Baylor, run he wasn't a running with quarterback. that kind of volume. He was, a, right. he was a, a quarterback who could stand in the pocket hit deep balls pretty accurately, more accurately than, I mean, that's kind of what vaulted to the top, but it wasn't, they weren't designing plays with him running the ball in mind. The Redskins did that, broke him. Then they tried to do different stuff with him, but never really gave him the uh, the sort of the power over his career. I think Hugh is exactly the right guy to have him, to, 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 to be coaching him. Is it going to work out great? I don't know about that. Is it going to be the case that the Browns definitely don't need to draft a quarterback next year? No, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I don't think that the Browns will be in a worse situation with their quarterbacks than they've been last year, for example. If hmm. if RG3 can stay healthy and play all 16 games, there is no need for them to draft another quarterback. Well, he early, was early. At- you was awfully excited about Cody Kessler. The rest yes. of the world doesn't agree. But, uh, yeah, he saw something in him at least. And uh, I think that's it because I see already we are, our, our schedule is uh, for today. We have uh, the great Jonah Carey, our old pal, joining us here in Studio 66 for the first time. At, nah, maybe the second time. I can't recall. But Ike Taylor in the meantime, what a pleasure to see you back in here. And you're now back for the season. Now right. no, we're back every, uh, every week. They, and, and the next time maybe the four of us sit down. And when I say the four of us, I mean Ike. I mean Handsome, I mean Dave, and I mean Maurice. And then we finally will be able to trip the light fan. Or Horseman. That's right. Is that a good nickname for us, Handsome? <laughs> I'm not sure it is. But we got to cook. We, yeah, I think that one's taken. We got to we got to cook up some w- good w- catchphrases w- for Maurice. Yeah. That's what we got to work on before we uh, the four of us sit down. Again, Ike, uh, summer or winter games? Summer games all day. Summer. Yes. All right. I figured you would have guessed that. I, I I would have guessed that. What winter event do you think, if you had to do one, though, would you be best at? I uh, like the skiing events. Really? Yeah, well, choose I, a skiing event. Yeah, I just – Ski jump. I'd like to see nah, you do the I, ski I, jump. Yeah, hey, I used to I used to conversate with somebody who won a few medals. Did you? <laughs> just conversate. <laughs> just conversate. Okay. Nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'd like to see uh, the thing that fascinates me about the ski jump event. You know, the one where they start at the very, you know, which one. I'm How do you start that? That's exactly right. Me too, I me can too. go outside 
and shoot baskets and miss the first 2,000 before one finally goes in. So I can work my way up to the to the fundamental of the sport. Right. What do you, what's the what's the run up to ski yeah. jumping? You eventually you have to just launch yourself I think, off. I a think what hill. happens is your dad pushes you off the hill. <laughs> <laughs> off you go. Oh, that didn't go well. Oh, before you go, Ike, I'm sorry. And Jonah Carey uh, is is coming up. Uh, oh, just- sorry, I don't need that. And in fact, by the time people are listening to this, and then we'll have Jonah Carey later in the week, but he's waiting in the wings right now, bending the space-time continuum. But real quick, um, Joey Bosa's mom is making statements. Really, actually, the Chargers are the consistent uh, thing here because just like Archie a generation ago basically forced the Chargers to deal his son Eli, now Joey Bosa's mother is saying, we should have pulled an Eli on this one because this this negotiation with the Chargers is going that poorly. Has your mom ever embarrassed you, either in professional, uh, uh, in the professional realm, or in school, or anything like that? She ever embarrassed you? I can I can understand moms having that mama bear mentality, but stay out of grown folks' business. <laughs> this is grown man stuff over here. I agree. That wouldn't come up. I, to me, that's actually the, the problem. No, like no, and no disrespect to his mom. It's just this between the organization, Joey Bosa, and his agent. Handsome, how bad is it going to be when he finally does and inevitably sign? He's got to walk into the locker room. I mean, this. thanks a lot, Mom. Now I have right, to deal with I mean, all this. The boy is think- going to be like, so your mom. <laughs> So you couldn't get your agent, you your mama had to do it for you. Like you might as well pay your mama because your agent didn't do that. It, they gonna clown them. Isn't it it's, gonna it's be, gonna be like is it is it okay with your mom if I block you now, Joey? Is that no, what's it, gonna happen? It's, it's 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 gonna be harmless, but the boy's gonna get on them. Like hey Joe. <laughs> I think so. Who's in charge of that house? <laughs> mom? Yeah? Okay. She pick out your clothes today. Yeah. Your mom ever embarrass you, handsome? She did. I can't think of anything particular. My mom ain't I, never embarrassed me as a kid on a professional level. No, as a kid, you know, growing up, she yeah. gave the principal and the teacher, "Hey, he got a line, pop him." <laughs> that was a very different relationship that my mother had with my, uh, with, uh, with my teachers. In fact, in first grade, I've told the story many times. I once ran away from first grade <laughs> and went home because I felt wronged by, uh, <laughs> by the teacher. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about with the locker room. <laughs> I was wrong. It was. Uh, listen. I'm not going to tell the whole story again. I'll tell it later. It's, I, I really should update it now that school's getting going again. But in first grade, I felt I was wrong. I'm a man of justice. I was a boy of justice. Miss P, and that, I won't say her full name, she said no recess for Dave for two weeks. Why? I said, I didn't, because did I was wrong. No. Donnie right. Gruber threw a stick at uh, Linda LaFace and Tierney Cortez. Okay. And somehow that turned but into, name. first of all, uh, th- then it turned into, by the time it got to Miss P, it was, it was, hey, Dave and Donnie Gruber threw a stick at us. And I'm like, well, that doesn't even make sense. How could two people throw a stick? That's ridiculous. Make that, your story holds no water. Nevertheless, without a trial, Dave was convicted to no recess for two weeks. And I 
felt that that was wrong, so I decided one person at least had to know about that, and that person was Mo Damashek. So I left. It was the middle of winter. I got my winter coat. I got my lunchbox from uh, down by the locker, and I went home. And then, of course, I was six years old, so the entire school shut down because <laughs> because a six-year-old vanished from, from school grounds. But I just went home to tell my mother. What mom say? She wasn't there, and I got caught by one of the lunch ladies <laughs> roaming around uh, my house, and I was taken back there. And Miss Patrag, Miss P, demanded <laughs> an apology, and I refused her. I'm not gonna apologize. And then she called my mother later that night and said, "David has a real problem with authority." And Mo Damashek said, "He told you he didn't throw that stick." And forever, I knew who was on my team. Mo Damashek. And that's why you had a problem with authority. <laughs> that's right. Right. Because your mom. To this day. That's yeah. nice, though. I think that's a nice It is story. nice. No, no. It's nice when to you, have your mom stand When up. you know mom got your back and she know her child. <laughs> and that, that's a good feeling. Yeah. But Joey Bosa's mother, even I can say, maybe went a little too far. Listen, Ike Taylor, handsome Hank, a great season awaits us. It's getting ever closer. I can't wait, especially now that I see you two back here in Studio 66. Much more to Kibitz about before the regular season kicks off. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or go to NFL.com slash podcast. They can play the music, Ike. I'm still the one in charge. Y'all ain't got to stop the music, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, you don't rock. play the music on me. I'll play. I'll say when to play the music. <laughs> then you play. You don't start the music to chase me off. I'll have Mo Damashek uh, call you on the phone. You so, aren't careful. Damn, you got to call your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have Joey Bosa's mom call you. All right. Ike Taylor, handsome Hank. Now you start the music. All right. <laughs> don't. It's too loud. It's too loud. I can't hear. I don't want it so loud. I want to tell you that later on this week, make sure you're on the lookout for it. A great video show that we have. Akbar and I go to the Coliseum. We're also going to have an audio show for you, specifically with uh, with our pal Jonah Carey and some selected sound with Jared Goff and Maurice and everything else from the Coliseum. Be on the lookout for that one later in the week. In the meantime, now you start the music. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 